Hey there, before you jump into this week's episode, I just want to let you know that our membership is open. It's completely free. It's a careers and wellbeing platform with on-demand content and monthly live sessions with incredible coaches. So what are you waiting for? Head over to community.jobsforwomen.co.uk forward slash join and I'll see you in there. Enjoy this week's episode. In FTSE 500 companies, the average age of a woman going into a leadership role is 54. Um, you know, in lot of other organisations, it's slightly younger. So it's such a pivotal time in your career. You've probably just got the biggest job of your life. You kind of brain fog, feel anxious, loss of confidence. All of those things are really impactful. And I think us talking about that and me talking about, you know, the heavy periods, the more practical aspect of it, that's what opened up the conversation. Hey there, welcome to the Jobs for Women podcast, where we empower and uplift women to succeed and thrive in their professional life whilst looking after their well-being. In this podcast, we'll be discussing the issues and challenges faced by women in the workplace with particular focus on gender equality. We believe that every woman deserves the opportunity to excel in her career regardless of her gender, and we're committed to helping women break through the barriers that hold them back. Join us every week as we hear from experts, share stories and give advice. We've got an incredible community of women who support and encourage each other and we're so happy that you are here. Let's break down the gender barriers and create a more equitable and inclusive workplace for all. So welcome to another episode of the Jobs for Women podcast. I am delighted to welcome our guest this week. We have Helen Tomlinson. Helen is the Government Menopause Employment Champion alongside her role as Head of Talent and Inclusion at the ADECO Group. So this is a brand new appointment by the Government and Helen's role will be to advise on how to improve workplace support for women experiencing menopause symptoms. Helen will work closely with the Department of Work and Pensions as well as the Women's Health Ambassador, Dame Leslie Regan. Welcome to the podcast, Helen. Thank you so much, Zoe. It's a pleasure to be here. Honestly, I know we were just talking off camera, um, but I am really grateful because I know you're super duper busy, just like I said in the intro. (laughs) You've got many hats. The juggle is real. Uh The juggle is real. (laughs) (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit more about how the role came about? Because I know you've obviously got your full time role, Mm -hmm. but very busy woman. How did the, the menopause champion, government champion come come about? Um, so a number of ways, I guess the starting point is probably how it came about and then maybe how I came to be in the role, I guess. So the first the first part of the question is um, there was a report written by the 50 plus choices group, which is um, a government department looking at how to retain um over 50s in the workplace and encourage people over 50 to come back into the workplace. Um, So part of their report was to say that they felt that having a menopause employment champion was a really critical role to be able to work with employers to make them more menopause friendly, both to reduce the number of women leaving, but also to encourage currently there's 630,000 women on universal credit between the ages of 45 and 55. And to get some of those back into the workplace having more uh, employers that understood uh, menopause perimenopause etc even just that fundamental terminology is a a big step 
Um, so it was their recommendation and the other uh, recommendation came from the Women and Equality Select Committee who wrote um, a very detailed paper um, to government and making some suggestions around menopause in the workplace. One of them was to have a champion and obviously government took that um, recommendation on board. Um, I guess how I got to be the champion, um, so as, as you've quite rightly said, I've got a day job. I'm the head of talent and inclusion for the ADECO group. Uh, we are um, one of the largest recruitment organisations in the UK and Ireland and, and globally. Um, and I'd be, I launched our menopause policy in October 2021 on World Menopause Day. And as part of that, um, I was lobbying government for change um, so around menopause. So um, I was speaking to a lot of MPs, obviously a lot of employers. We did a roundtable event on International Women's Day. And as a casual sort of throwaway comment at the end of it, it was about menopause in the workplace. But at the end of it, I said we had about 250 employers in the virtual audience. And I just said, if anybody would like help uh, writing their policy, just drop me a line. And I was inundated with employers saying, we don't have a policy. How do you do it? How do you launch it? How do you embed it? So I kind of spent the rest of 2022 having those conversations with employers at the same time having conversation with government to say you know it's just it's just not not good enough more, what more can we do so then in January of this year um, I got a call from DWP inviting me on a call and they started talking about the champion role and so obviously with my recruiter hat on and you know 30 years recruitment experience I'm writing down all the details of the job effectively taking the job on as we would say in recruitment and he got to the end and he said so what do you think and I was like oh you you want me to do it it was like yeah but it just I thought I was taking the spec to find somebody so it was just all all a bit crazy but um yeah obviously I had to speak to um ADECO who've been incredibly supportive because they're passionate about the uh ED, ED&I as well um so uh, yeah I I went to a meeting with the minister and she said, are you ready for this? And I said, I think so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's just escalated and evolved um, phenomenally since then. Oh, congratulations. I, I love stories like that, the big build up. And then it's like, what do you think? Are you, are you yes. ready to start? That's so, I love that. And, Thank you. And um, was that from so you know like you know like when you think because I'm really passionate about when I think about periods so I've always had really really bad periods mm -hmm. I'm really passionate about speaking about it at work and not yeah. hiding away when you're feeling absolutely terrible mm -hmm. is did 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 the work that you're doing like a decade you now when you launched the menopause policy is that from your own personal experiences or through chatting to friends or Partly, yeah, partly from my own personal experience. So I went through perimenopause that I didn't know it was perimenopause because I didn't know the word um, back in about 2017, 2018. And my employer at the time, I think, felt like they were doing some really, you know, making some reasonable adjustments, which they were. Um, I My office was all glass, so it was like a greenhouse. Um, so I kept saying, oh, I'm really, really hot. And one morning I came in and they got a big fan on a stand and they put Helen's fan do not move on a sticker on the fan so they were like we've got you this and I said that's amazing thank you however every time I went to a meeting I had to drag the fan with me but what what happened was everybody was saying 
I'm hot. How come you've got a fan and I haven't got a fan? And I kept having to reiterate my story all the time, which if I'd not been such a confident person could have really destroyed me. So I do always say to employers, don't make assumptions about what reasonable adjustments somebody may want. Ask the question, have the conversation. Um, so it was partly from my experience, but I also feel really, really strongly that even at that time, I was in a, a privileged role where I could make choices myself. So um, prior to that point, I did struggle with really, really heavy periods, which 44% of women going through perimenopause do. And it's one of the topics that you are least likely to feel comfortable saying to your manager, uh, you know, I can't come in today because quite honestly, I didn't stand up, let alone make the journey to the office, sit in the office, do my job, etc. So I felt really lucky I could, you know, organise my own diary. I was in a sales role. I could make my own appointments, etc. But my best friend is a, um, a nurse, she's a sister in the second busiest um, accident and emergency department in the UK through COVID, head to toe in PPE. She had no choices. You know, I've got friends who are classroom assistants who work in call centres with limited opportunity to make those choices. So I feel really passionately that that support and cultural change needs to be for everybody, not just people who can, who have the flex. And, and that's why my strategy is very sector specific, top down, bottom up. Um, but yeah, partly my, my personal experience, but I am really, I'm talking more and more about women's health more broadly, because I think that period conversation is really important. And it's just never um, really got off, off the ground almost. And, you know, the number of young people who stop young girls who stop playing sport because of their periods because they just haven't got the confidence to say I don't think I'm going to really perform this week so I'm not going to play and that comes right into the workplace you know the correlation between young girls experiencing sport or carrying on sport and then getting into c-suite roles is a really strong correlation and the whole feeling comfortable having that conversation in the workplace is is really important and, and in order to do that yeah I did launch a policy but in hindsight, it's not the policy that's made the change. The policy was a vehicle almost to start the conversation that has changed the culture of the organisation. But actually, it was probably myself and two other senior leaders doing a podcast like we are talking about our symptoms and how they impacted on us on a day to day basis. And the you know, loss of confidence thinking, can I really do this? job you know most women in FTSE 500 companies the average age of a woman going into a leadership role is 54 um you know in lot of other organizations it's slightly younger so it's such a pivotal time in your career you've probably just got the biggest job of your life you could have brain fog feel anxious loss of confidence all of those things are really impactful and I think us talking about that and me talking about you know the heavy periods the more practical aspect of it that's what opened up the conversation and you know and it's taken time for sure you know we didn't I didn't suddenly find that everybody in the ADECO group was talking about menopause and periods but over a period of time we've seen how the conversation has changed and what that has allowed us to do is start to talk about other really difficult 
topics um, through our EDNI forums and committee. And we've started it very often with lived experience, whether that's been in a podcast setting or in our inclusion brunches that we have every week. And you know, the topic is tell us about your experiences and let's open up that conversation and it works so well for us oh i love that it's so refreshing because a term i i use a lot is like breaking down um you know the barriers and it's like when we were talking about periods then like i laugh because on my wedding day speech my dad actually referenced growing up and saying he could have been a gynecologist because he was so <laughs> in tune with my mum and i and now yeah. my kids like if I'm getting I don't know a tampon or whatever and they're like what's that I'm like well let's talk about that because yeah. there's nothing to hide and I feel like it's the same like principle so like you said you know a company especially if it's an SME they might do the tick box they might create a policy and they might put it in the drawer but it's mm -hmm. before you even do that it's like opening up the conversations Absolutely. let's be real let's just have a chat what are you going through it just yeah. makes sense my the thing that i really wanted to get into is because a lot of the women that we work with that are in our membership uh, mm -hmm. we did a women at work survey you know a lot of the women that have sort of come to me work in like traditionally male dominated industries mm -hmm. i'm trying not to say that as much because i'm kind of like you know but you know maybe they are, there are your male dominated yeah. industries still yeah, yeah. So like um architects surveyors mm -hmm. you know if they're in a room full of men even though we're saying, yeah, let's try and be open, like you talked about your example earlier, you know, you were in a privileged position where you could be open about the fan, but there's some women that perhaps don't have the confidence yeah. or they're, they're yeah. surrounded by men. What what advice what what could what advice would you give to those women? So that's one of the other reasons that I, I took this role, partly for people who didn't have the opportunity that I did, and I feel utterly privileged to have the the platform the opportunity the confidence to speak up for women who haven't got those but desperately need it or would like it so there are the women that don't have the choices about you know the the reasonable adjustments etc and just have to get on with it but also i um i had an experience of talking to a lady who worked in uh, it was a like a pupil referral unit for so for young people excluded from school and she ran like a, a charity radio station. And she said to me, how do I start a conversation with my line manager? He's a 32-year-old DJ. How do I say to him, you know, I'm, I'm not sleeping, I'm anxious, I'm sweating, I'm itching. You know, where do I go with that conversation? And th there's a lot of, that's partly why um i'm creating the the strategy that i am through my government work which I'll, I'll tell you about in a moment but we are i'm doing more and more i'm asked i'm being asked more and more to go into organizations where it is predominantly um male in senior leadership roles i'm i'm lucky we're 70 percent female in the adeco group and from leadership level right through hey. however <laughs> indeed there are many organizations that aren't so often they ask me to go in because and i'll be really honest and say you'll never see me again so ask me anything i just want you to ask anything that you don't feel comfortable asking you know hr your edi team whatever that looks like a lot of organizations don't even have them so i i do that a lot as well but i also do like um men only safe space um conversations so as an example 
DWP at senior leadership are something like 89% male. So, and then the next level down is predominantly female. So they need to know how to, if we're if we're empowering women to make them confident enough to start the conversation with their line manager, their line manager needs to know how to receive the conversation to, to get it to the next level and get the support that they need. So doing those male only sessions has worked really, really well. And invariably, I, I did one for um, DWP a few weeks ago. We had over 500 male senior leaders on it. And all it takes is one person. And again, I say, you'll never see me. Nothing can embarrass me. Ask me anything you want to. Um, and once one person's asked a question, it opens up that conversation. And invariably, it's not just about the workplace. But actually, I don't really care because, you know, everybody will know somebody. And, you know, like, like your dad obviously honest and open conversation that's what it takes so they will all have um you know a mum auntie friend relative partner whatever that they need to know what the experience is like to be able to support them as well so so i've yeah. seen a real step change in the um adoption of those sessions from that's certainly great. from where i was um you know like two years ago definitely such a great idea that having the men in the space and i love that it's like one question and then absolutely they always feel like they've got the space space to do it and, and i kick it off with what i call menopause bingo so i say right write down all the symptoms that you know they usually come up with four or five and they're usually the most widely known symptoms or the ones that maybe impact on them the most um but yeah and then when i talk about the whole that goes through the whole symptom checker it's just such um you know an aha moment really that they'd no idea the breadth of the the symptoms that somebody could experience so yeah it, they, they do work really well it's brilliant i love it this is so refreshing and let's face it 51 percent of the population are mm. going to experience it i do wonder though like when i think back you know when you think about like the generations like my mum's a nurse party you know cracks mm. on and my grandma and it's kind of like you do get this kickback sometimes, don't you? That oh, it's you know, back in our day, mm -hmm. you know, we cracked on, and and I, and, yeah. and I think that's happening a lot in D, in the DNI space at the moment. But I love this movement that's happening. And on the Women's Hour podcast that you did, you talked about the allyship piece, which yeah. Yeah. I really resonate with because again, going back to me and my periods, you know, I've got mates that have never had a period pain in their life, but it's kind of mm -hmm. like that. I got you. I understand. Yeah. What is it for you? So what I wanted to ask is, you know, like when we're talking about the men understanding, it's just having that understanding changes everything, doesn't it? Because Completely. if someone comes to you yeah. with symptoms, you know, to ask the right questions yeah. and how to support them. Um, so, yeah, tell us about so if if there's a company, you know, if there's a woman in a company that that, you know, is maybe male dominated or even a woman that does an, mm -hmm. a female boss, a woman boss that doesn't understand what what are you doing to help companies like that maybe smaller companies or male yep. dominated through the government role so uh, absolutely i can i can absolutely tell you about that but just on the allyship piece often men once they've been educated are the best allies and sometimes it's women like you say who haven't had that experience that are le uh, more dismissive that it's a little bit like just get on with it because i haven't experienced that but you know 50% of women experience some problematic symptoms 
25% of women don't have any, 25% have really, I think the term is bothersome symptoms, which is probably not a word that I would have picked, but that is, you know, so it, there is a real span and those 25% that didn't have any symptoms can sometimes be a little bit dismissive of those that haven't. So that allyship piece is really important. So what I'm doing to support everybody, regardless of, um, you know, size of organisation, you know, 99% of organisations are actually SMEs and three-fifths of the workforce work in an SME. So I'm pulling together um, roundtable groups, so um, across five key sectors that government want me to focus on, and they are um, hospitality, retail, manufacturing, adult care sector, and professional and technical and the reason that we're focusing on those are because that that pretty much encompasses I want to look at education as well because you know particularly primary education 98% female but we need to look at the best practice across those first and then overlay it into different sectors um so the the purpose of those um sector roundtables will be they will have the um, sector body supporting them. So as an example, in um, hospitality, it'll be UK hospitality. And what they will do is look at best practice in that sector. And then we have a portal that we will um, upload um, best practice onto it, guidelines, etc. Um, so that people in smaller organisations can look at what larger organisations in their sector, and the reason it's sector specific is because the challenges in the sector can be different, What what's working well in that sector that they could then use in their organisation. So it'll be predominantly free resource. So the British Standards Institute has brought out their um, menstruation, menstrual health and menopause standard um, about three weeks ago. And that is free for anybody to be able to use who wants to use that. So guidance like that, that is accessible, whatever size of employer. The second thing will be an allyship program, which again, as an example, you work in a small hotel in Blackpool, you've got nobody to talk to. But you know, you could talk to reach out to somebody who works in Whitbread Premier Inn. So you've got somebody to talk to about what they're experiencing and what you're experiencing. So that allyship program across sector um, to again capture anybody regardless of socioeconomic demographic, uh, culture, ethnicity, um, size of employer, size of HR budget, size of EDI budget, it doesn't matter. That resource and support will be there for them. Um, the third aspect of it is um, uh, the pledge or accreditation, which I think is really important for women coming back into the workplace. So those 630,000 on UC, um, if they want to come back into the workplace and they left and then they've become perimenopausal, that's just another confidence barrier. So to be able to go and work for an employer who's um, signed the menopause pledge, um, I think that's a real positive for, to give that confidence and comfort. And the final part is obviously a comms plan so that there's no point employers doing all this work and not being able to communicate it to anybody who, who might need it. So that is my plan. And my plan is very specific because it supports regardless of size of organisation and uh, size of budget. Oh, that's brilliant. And I love that it's sector specific because like we said, you know, I work from home, I've got my own business and I have that flexibility, but so many people don't, do they? It's tough. Absolutely. And, it's and really, like, really tough. Yeah. And often there isn't anything that 
you know, my, as I referenced earlier, my friend is a nurse. She had literally no choice, but she also couldn't even say to anybody, this is how I feel, you know, and not being able to articulate that um, just from a confidence perspective or, you know, knowing that that uh, conversation will be acknowledged, received, etc., is a really big part of it. Yeah, that's huge. Um, and massive respect for working through COVID, like NHS frontline, unbelievable. So we know that one in four, mil uh, one in four women are considering leaving. Mm -hmm. So they've obviously had it in, and we know over a million. It must be way over a million now. Have already left. Mm -hmm. Do you think companies? Because obviously, what we do at Jobs for Women is all about gender equality for women at work. So gender pay gap comes into it. Do mm -hmm. you think companies piece that together? Like we've got all these incredible highly experienced women at the peak of their career not supported therefore potentially leaving going part-time or you know maybe going for another role mm -hmm. do you think they're linking it like okay our gender pay gap is huge what are we going to do about it well I think they're starting to but so much work to do I mean according to the McKinsey report of 2022 women are leaving the workplace at the fastest rate ever from leadership positions and the problem with that is uh, younger women are not seeing being a leader as being aspirational because it you know they, if you can't see it you can't be it so if they're not seeing those role models that mentorship it's a self-fulfilling prophecy that it'll get less and less um and you only have to look at the headwinds that women face and the you know the motherhood penalty and all of that putting piecing all of that together and it's not really surprising that you know leadership is not an aspiration of um young girls now but that that um dial absolutely needs to change and when the women who have left the workplace the majority of them in leadership roles have left because of the psychological um, aspects of menopause not necessarily the practical aspect of it because I think like you know more often than not the flexibility the experience to be able to self-manage the issues you know whether it comes down to um, experience knowledge education um financial etc um but you know they've chosen to step away because of the lack of confidence so you know maybe feeling that they they can't do that level of role anymore and they've stepped i've talked to numerous women who've either stepped into a a lower paid role had a career change take gone part-time all of which impacts on their personal finance the economy their pension pot and their you know feeling of fulfillment and confidence and you know what why should they have to step down yeah and also like we, we need to be working a lot longer you know it's, time getting, it's getting longer all the time isn't it so yeah absolutely what you know why not be at the top of your game because i feel if if organizations provide the support and there is some um personal stuff i think that you, you can't just say i'm menopausal help me employer there's got to be there's a lot of lifestyle aspects of it that i come into that as well but you absolutely should be able to thrive in the last sort of 10 15 could even be 20 years of your career now looking at um how long we're going to have to work but um but yeah you you absolutely once you get past that when you're in post-menopause, I honestly believe that you will thrive and, you know, perform and fulfil your potential at a level that you you never have before. 
So it's important then for companies to really have a plan in place for Absolutely. welcoming women that have taken a break mm -hmm. back into the workforce. Yeah. Do you think that if, um, if a woman has made the decision, whether she's had support or not to leave, whatever her circumstances, do you think that if on an exit interview or when she's sort of handed in a notice, do you think it's too late for a company to sort of support her? Do you think they need to be acting at perimenopause and, you know, or do you think there's time to salvage, you know, because retaining a, an employee mm -hmm. is huge. It's expensive. It's absolutely yeah. huge. I honestly think, I use the example that if somebody came to me now and said, please come and see our menopause policy, I would think that we'd failed because actually that is your last opportunity, isn't it? Because you only look at the policy if you don't feel that you've been supported. So I think to do that U-turn at that point for an employer, it's almost, you know, it, it, it almost too late they need and I, I think about how when I, when an organization goes on that journey it, previously it's taken a while to get going I think there's so much more conversation now in the public domain around menopause that it's probably easier to get the traction than it maybe was even two years ago I think back to a an all-men management training session that I did on menopause two years ago I had two men dial into it and one of them had dialed onto the wrong call and was too embarrassed to dial off but now I you know I'm being asked to do that so I think the step change is phenomenal but I actually think it needs to be starting much earlier than that and it you know some early menopause early onset menopause can happen at any time so actually and and if you um if you suffer with polycystic ovaries, endometriosis, it can happen earlier anyway. So until we started talking perimenopause, it was a bit like, well, I haven't got anybody who's 50 in my workplace, so I don't need to think about menopause. But actually, the 10 years before that, the average age is still 51, but the average age to start perimenopause is 41. So, you know, talking, having those conversations with a younger group of employees is really important and including you know we've got five um, generations in our workforce so to start the conversation about you know period management all of those things means that you never really need to have that hopefully in the future you know somebody's leaving because they've not been supported through menopause so yeah, it's just such a broad education piece but I would like to say that if somebody came to me and said, I'm leaving because of men, I would like to, I would be devastated if somebody came to me in, in you know, my um, day job. But I think an employer can always use that conversation as a starting point to say, we're clearly not doing enough. Stay, work with us. What would it look like for you? What can we do to make that difference? And reach out and get some support to really put those um, foundations into the business. Yeah, I love that. Like work with us and we'll help you. You can help us. Let's make change. So I know we've got to wrap up now. Advice, just just quickly, I know we've talked a little bit about a woman that's maybe going through it. If she's listening, if there's a woman listening to this now that's really struggling and doesn't know, mm -hmm. um, you know, how to speak to her employer, is there anywhere she can go to get advice, support? There, there are, if, if, I mean, I would say 
drop me into my um, LinkedIn messages and I will respond. I can give lots of guidance. There's lots of different websites. We are hopeful that the portal that I'm working on as part of my external piece will be up and running in October for World Menopause Day and Menopause Awareness Month. But please don't, don't wait till October. Just reach out and I'll point you in the right direction. Amazing. And then similarly for companies, if there's anyone that's, you know, leading up an SME or needs advice, what's their best port of call? Again, you know, it's all about, it's not about competitive advantage. There is no way I would not share what we are doing internally. Uh, we've got the data that shows that it's adding value to our business and it's working. It's about making the world of work better for women everywhere. So if anybody wants any support and guidance, just drop me a note and, um, you know, I'm really happy to have a conversation. Oh, that is amazing. I love this. Let's all help each other. So I will drop your LinkedIn in the show notes. And that was, I mean, I could talk to you all day. As I could you. (laughs) So thank you. I know I keep saying thank you, but I'm really grateful. I know you're busy spinning lots of plates, doing incredible work. I am honoured that you've uh, given us the time to come on the podcast. And yeah, keep doing what you are doing. So thank you I will. I promise. Thank you, Zoe. Lovely to talk to you such a great interview with Helen what a breath of fresh air taking on a voluntary role um I don't know whether I mentioned in the podcast that it was voluntary but Helen does that alongside her main job at ADECO group and the very fact that she is doing that is testament to her commitment going through menopause and also like we talked about supporting men so that they can support the women in their life or the women that they work with during this stage. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Helen um, and learn a bit about whether there's someone in your life that's going through menopause, whether you're perimenopausal or menopausal. Just having that understanding of what some women go through, I think is huge. You know, that allyship, understanding others, supporting. So whether you manage a team, whether there's someone in your team that you think might be going through, menopause and they feel like they can't speak about it you know opening up the dialogue being a little bit and I I'm just a huge advocate for that I welcome us talking about these subjects this is a part of life 51% of the population will go through menopause so yeah that's it for another week I hope you enjoyed it don't forget to subscribe uh, leave an honest review send this podcast to someone that you think might benefit And don't forget to join the Jobs for Women membership. It's free. There's yoga, mindfulness, meditation, careers advice, experts coming into the membership to run sessions every single month. The link is in the show notes. Otherwise, type in community.jobsforwomen.co.uk forward slash join. That's community.jobsforwomen.co.uk forward slash join. And I will see you next time. Bye bye.